0: You're listening to a Shotcast original.
1: You're back again with me, Jalisa, and today we are back again with another episode of Wonder Women. So today is super duper exciting because this time we got someone from the corporate field, and she has started a woodworking enterprise called Jigs and Saw. So today I have lots of questions for her, and at the same time I think it's very interesting, yeah, to listen about her journey as well. So Melissa, Sebastian is here with us. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm good, thanks, Jalisa. All right, so Melissa, we are going to just dig, you know, a little bit about the background. All right. of how you first started off. You started off helping Kalantani's victims during a flood. That was how you started off and then the idea came about about starting a woodworking enterprise. So why don't you share with us the whole story?
0: Okay, so um, that story is actually quite an interesting one. So I spent quite a few years in corporate and different telecommunication um, companies and I really enjoyed my work. Um, But at the same time, I was actually, I was looking to do something more and i really wanted to do a bit more volunteer work because you know sometimes when you're in corporate um, it gets really busy uh, you work very long hours and so i was looking for that something extra to also give back so i was doing a little bit of research and i came across um, a social enterprise that actually goes into rural villages and they built houses from the ground up, and I thought that, that was really um, interesting because you know back in school when we used to have Kamaya and Hidup, um, one of my favorite parts of that subject was actually the woodworking aspects. So when I came across um, this social enterprise, I was really intrigued. Um, so you know you get to help people at the same time I get to, you know, also do something that I kind of really liked. Um so I volunteered and uh I went with a team of probably about 80 people. Wow, um, okay. Yeah. So we went into this um rural village in mm-hmm. Kontan and we got up there like on the back of a lorry. Mm-hmm. Um had probably like two or three lorries to take us all the way up there. Uh we camped out there for almost a, for about a week, I think almost a week. And uh, we built houses from the ground up, made Mm -hmm. a lot of friends at the same time. Uh, Between the 80 of us, we built three houses in that one week. Wow. Okay. And, you know, apart from just getting to know people from all walks of life, the experience itself, I think, is something, you know, it's hard to ever
1: replace or come by. It was... So this is really interesting. yeah. You started off building houses with this whole idea with this 80 uh, people on this group. And that was how you thought, okay, maybe you could turn this into a business, right? Um, not yet at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that point, it was more of um, wanting to help people mm-hmm. and also just trying to get into doing something that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And then... That kind of sparked my interest. So after that entire, after that whole experience, mm-hmm. I really wanted to try and get into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then um, I came across uh, a friend who also owns a woodworking outfit, mm-hmm. um, and I interned there for a while. Okay, so, nice. Yeah, so I worked with him for a while for about close to six months, with a bunch of other boys, and we were just putting furniture together. So they they do custom built furniture as well. And then I decided that, you know, it's probably time for me to head back into corporate. So I took a sabbatical from corporate life for about um, almost a year. Okay. So I did different voluntary work. And and then I interned at this friend's shop for about six months. Um, And then eventually I thought, okay, it's probably time for me to get back to a full paying job. But at the same time, I was also picky. And I wanted to really do something that I enjoyed and uh, that... Allowed me to give back at the same time, kind of um, continue doing some woodworking on my own at home. Okay. So I joined a non profit organization. Mm-hmm. I did their PR fundraising and things like that for Salvation a few Army. Years. Yes, yeah. the Salvation Army. Um, it also gave me the opportunity to go out and um, basically give back and help the needy and things like that. And that job gave me a bit of flexibility in terms of, you know, going back home a little bit earlier than I would mm-hmm. if I was in corporate, corporate. and uh, doing some woodworking projects on my own at home. Mm-hmm. So I started off small, just, you know, as a hobby after work on weekends, i would work on small projects, mostly, you know, for like friends or family and then the odd request from a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started posting stuff you know on Instagram and mm. on fa- on my personal Facebook page and things like that. And eventually I think you know a few um orders came in here and there, the odd one here and there, but I never took on large projects cuz I was working on it on my own.
1: Um, okay. So you wanted to start small and then also think about it, you know, in the long run, how things would translate. But it turned out being wonderful as we can see how the whole journey is for you, right? So now that you had, you know, given us a very good breakdown of how you first started off and then the intention was very clear. You always wanted to give back. But we also picked up that when you were 14, you started building things on your own. So this whole thing about Melissa getting woodwork done started from home because your family had always encouraged you as well to start something like this in a way.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'm i I've always been someone that liked working with my hands. So you okay. know, whether it's um doing putting paper craft together or, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger, coloring books and things like that, uh wrapping presents, um, putting little things together and then eventually putting together my own computer. Like, you know, my parents they tell me, Look look, if you do well in your exams, we'll get you a computer and I said, No, if I do well my exams, give me the money for a new computer and I want to build it. Myself, Mm -hmm. you know, so I want to be able to source for parts that I want or,
1: you know, good
0: hardware on my own Mm -hmm. and then I'll put it together myself.
1: All right, nice. So I really like this whole equation, uh, equation here, yeah, because, you know, when you talk about wanting to get things Done on your own, the fact that you like building things. So, you know for a fact that it has always been there for you yeah. as well, yeah, from the start. And at the same time, the whole idea of giving back. So, this whole equation, if you look at it, it falls very nicely. But here's another question that I have because you were from the corporate field. So, what was the reaction to most people, or maybe perhaps at that point, just waking up in the morning and telling yourself that, okay, I'm done with a nine to five and I want to get started with something new here? So, what was that whole process like for you?
0: Um, I suppose after spending, you know, many years in corporate and that almost a year break that that I took, you know, really gave me the opportunity to sit down and really try to figure out what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. next, you know. So then that opportunity to, you know, build houses combined with um, that internship at my friend's shop. That gave me a sense of what I felt like I really wanted to do, a
1: direction that I really wanted to get and, into. And you wanted things to be practical as well, right? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people may have a passion or let's say you may think that, okay, this is what you think you're good at, you have a skill, but you still have to put food on the table. Correct. You still want that, you
0: know? Correct. So I was, I, I would say that I was very blessed, very fortunate that, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to really do um, a job that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So, which is, one was with the Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was able to give back. It was still basically a nine to five. Mm -hmm. Um, But that nine to five still made use of my corporate skills Mm because there was fundraising involved. So, you know, I still had um, certain KPIs to meet in terms of bringing in stuff, uh, in terms of raising enough money to further, you know, the social work that the Salvation Army does. At the same time, After work, you know, I got to go back and build on my woodworking skills or more of my hands-on and practical skills. Because, you know, I'm a self-taught carpenter. I didn't go to a woodworking class Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. I didn't go to a school to learn Mm -hmm. woodworking. Everything was really learned um, Mm -hmm. hands-on, you know, from a friend. And then eventually um, just reading up and, you know, going on YouTube, looking at how people do different things and Mm -hmm. trying to figure things out on my own so yeah, that's that's really how I started building and eventually, you know, after a few years of working on projects on my own, mm-hmm. I came to a crossroads where, look, am I going to, you know, continue doing this as a hobby mm-hmm. or am I going to turn this, you know, into something else because um, there were more and more requests coming in. Okay. Um, So you started seeing
1: growth as well. And you know, it started falling in place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't say like, you know, I really had this big grand plan because I'm also... You know, I suppose maybe coming from an Asian background as well, my mom yeah. also always thought us to we be We want to get cautious. into that as well.
1: Because I think yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah, There are times where people, in general, I'm not generalizing women or yeah. saying that the most common thing is for us to be selling a certain thing or to get into a certain yeah. business. But to this point where you are in a business where carpentry, most of the time, I think your rivals or the people, I'm pretty sure of this, it's usually men that you're dealing with, yeah. right? So when it comes to that, how has it, ever been a time where you feel like okay this is too much for me do I take a step back or has there been ever that that thought that comes into your mind where maybe you are much more comfortable with the corporate life as compared to coming out of your you know um, uh, comfort zone and doing this
0: actually not really um Hmm. yes it is a very male-dominated industry but I think in Malaysia itself you'll find that there are actually a few women carpenters yes yes um um, but at the same time, I can understand why it can be a little bit intimidating. You know, I've always been the kind of person to, you know, if I don't know something, I'm not afraid to ask, and I'm not afraid to admit that I don't know. And you have
1: gumption in you. You know, if you need to get something done, yeah, you would figure it out or yeah. ask, right? Great.
0: Yeah. So you know, in my head, all I know is, look, I don't, I may not know something now but I'm going to have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so I try to figure it out. And I th- I suppose my corporate background also always taught me to be resourceful. You know, I used to go into a hardware store mm-hmm. um, when I first started out, right? So I would look around at all the different types of screws and nails mm-hmm. and get really confused, <laughs> right? Like, what is this sort of screw for? And what is that screw for? And why is the thread on this screw different from the thread on another screw? I would sit in that in that store talking to this old uncle for Mm -hmm. probably an hour. Uncle, tell me what is this for? Uncle, tell me what that one is for? What do you use this for? And what do you use that for? And most of the time, I mean, they get really confused. Like, why is this a girl asking me so many questions? But they were always happy to oblige. You know, they would sit there and say, okay, usually we use this screw um, for wood and you see the thread on this is different and we use this one for bricks. And, you know, so um, I came across quite a few good patient people that mm-hmm. would just but teach I also me think it's a very and... Malaysian
1: thing sometimes right because when you see a person not doing something like in the norm they would still yeah. ask you oh why is this but the help always comes in they are still very much you know yeah appreciative and always there to somehow support people that come out of the norm yeah. of doing things so it's it's a bit wrong for us to always say that oh no sometimes it's a little bit tough for us to do things here differently or anything because you know in a in a male dominant um, surrounding it's a little bit tough but i don't think so as well because you get the support you do see a lot of people liking the idea and of course your clients as well yeah yeah
0: i mean even when i used to intern at the woodworking shop with my friend like um initially i was the only girl mm-hmm. the rest of all boys but there was never a time where they said oh no you know what she's a girl let's yeah. let's do this yeah. or you know we'll help her yeah. with that you know yeah. there the was never that i was just like any one of the other
1: guys um, I love I did. this kind of, uh, you know, uh, enthusiasm as well, because let's all be very honest. I think Malaysia, in a way, we don't have that sort of caveman thinking, uh, women, you should not be touching wood or getting, you know, your hands yeah. dirty on things. So it's great. So this is going to lead me now to my next question about the company as uh, Jigs and Source. So let's say now, if you say, I, I kind of understand that you don't want to have a plan. You still want to have, you know, your mind very open and and free to to explore as well right so if at all you can just give us let's say in in the next five years where do you see yourself with jigs and saws? I think um,
0: there are a few woodworking workshops out there that are already teaching you know women how to use power tools and you know put pieces of wood together and to build you know small items Um, it was initially in my plan to also start woodworking workshops around um, the area of uh, where My shop is set up but at the same time because the business was very new orders were coming in and I work with a very small team of woodworkers okay so that kind of took a bit of a back seat so I haven't actually had the chance to really put together a workshop it's still in the pipeline but you know right now it's really just trying to build on what we have um, and then when we're ready then get into that um, so, I mean, I started off with just me initially. And then eventually when I turned Jigs and Saws into a business end of 2019, mm-hmm. I became a team of three. Okay. Um, so right now we're a team of five. When we first started out, we were just doing standalone furniture, very focused on solid wood. Eventually, we started getting large orders for mm-hmm. cabinets and things like that. And I had no experience doing cabinets. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being corporate sometimes um, back It then, helps, right? It, it, it really does.
1: helps in terms of... No one gets gets it right on the first time after all. Even yeah. let's say if you walk in a company, if let's say it's your first job or anything, a lot of times people would say that, oh, you have to have uh, this certain amount of uh, confidence or, you know, whatever that you study from your universities or stuff like that. But here's the thing, none of us have it on, on the first day. So yeah. it always just takes that one step at the start. Yeah.
0: So everything was really a learning process Mm -hmm. for me. And I suppose when people started to also request uh, cabinets and built-in cabinets and to do kitchens and things like that, I really also had to think about whether I wanted to get into that because there are a lot of companies in Malaysia that are already doing that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to compete on that ground because it's cost things. So everything goes by, you know, you calculate the cost of cabinets on a per foot
1: run. Yeah, so I think um, that one comes back also to your corporate background. Yeah. They always say that you have to also sometimes pick your battles. If there's not going to be something there for you, you might as well just work on what you know best and just focus on that, right? Okay, so since you started off with the social work and all of that, do you see yourself going back to that again? if at all, Jigs and source has to get back into social work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I don't think there's ever a right time to
0: give back. And if you have the oppor- opportunity to do mm-hmm. that, then definitely do it. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that need help. And mm-hmm. it is important, I suppose, even as you grow yourself. And um, if you have a business, you grow your business. Or if you're in corporate, you grow your career. It is still important
1: to give back to the less fortunate when you can. Awesome. And about the workshop that you mentioned earlier, so we know that it's not really something that has kickstarted yet, but I want to know exactly about the intention of it, as in, are you trying to get people to be encouraged by woodworking? So what exactly would the workshops be about? So I think the for the workshops, it is really more of giving
0: people the opportunity to, yes, like you mentioned, pick up a skill, But, you know, it's like they want to do something. They Mm -hmm. don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And they need somewhere to start just to know how to use the different tools, how small items are basically put together, Mm -hmm. the structure of putting something together. And, you know, like back in school when we had Kamara and Hido, like I always wished there was a bit more to it rather than
1: just putting together a small box and then nailing a few pieces of wood together and then that's it. It gets to a point where it gets dull the interest does not spark from there as kids, right? So that's also quite an issue. and, And this is when I think your company also would like to step in just so to educate those people of how lots of different things can come about as well, right?
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think there are also a lot of people these days, you know, with being conscious about recycling and things like that. People look around their house and they go like, oh, you know, I've got this old cot and... or I've got this old table or this table leg is spoiled or I've got this chair... You know, it's the wood is still good, but the chair doesn't really function as a chair anymore. And it's like, but I don't really want to throw it away because it's such a waste. And then so sometimes I get calls and people say, hey, you know, I've got this few pieces of wood. I really don't know what to do with it. And, um, you know, if you have a workshop or something like that and we can just come by and you can give us some idea of how to turn this into something else. So I I think that's really more of the direction I'd like to head into to basically teach people to just think of random items that they would like to make with things around their house that, you know, they can't use or they're about to throw away and how you can turn that into something useful and
1: just reuse what you have. So what has been like the craziest, you know, thing that, the craziest call that you have gotten from anyone out there who, are pro- the most creative kind of phone call that you have gotten about wanting to to recycle or turn something around?
0: Well, I wouldn't say any of the calls have been really crazy, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, occasionally you have people that will, you know, call in and say, okay, I've got this piece of wood and they want to reuse it, but... Um and I say okay can you send me a picture of it so I have an idea of what type of wood it is and so you have people that know what good wood is okay but some then, that
1: don't yeah, completely foreign to them yeah, on
0: the topic of wood yeah, right and and then you have people that really don't know what <laughs> good wood is or how to tell what is solid wood from chipboard Mm -hmm. and then they would send me a picture of um, basically like chipboard that's been really damaged by water and so everything's coming apart and I go like that's going to be a bit difficult to reuse because you know once chipboard actually touches water it starts to expand Mm -hmm. once it expands you can't really use it unless you're able to really cut that part off completely you know there are certain things you can reuse like solid wood you can definitely reuse that because you know you sand it down Maybe you cut off, you know, a little bit here and there, uh, the imperfections and things like that, and you can reuse that.
1: Yeah. Nice. So what is going to be like the one message out there to any girl right now? Like you said, back in school, kemahiran hidup. It started there. The curiosity started there as well. So what is that one message if anyone here is listening? If it's a young girl who's just thinking about, yes, I like to build things. This can be something for me. What would Melissa advise them? I would say... Pick
0: up a hammer, go to a hardware store, get some nails, get some screws. The younger generation these days, I mean, you watch a lot of YouTube videos and there are endless number of videos out there. So, you know, pick something you'd really like to do. Even if you need something at home, uh, you think you need something at home. Maybe it's just a phone stand or something to hold your tablet. You know, you can very easily look up simple design on Pinterest or Instagram and then look up a video on how to you know really do that and then just go out to the hardware store get what you need and just start and just try i mean you know with woodworkers even we have a thing where we say measure twice cut once and that's because even the most experienced woodworkers get it wrong okay. um, so it's very normal to get things wrong and sometimes even i get things wrong you know you take out a measuring tape and you want to measure 10 centimeters and you mistakenly do nine and you cut the wood and you go like hey why is it short and then you yeah. realize you know You didn't uh, measure twice, cut once. You measured once and cut it. So, you know, um, you're bound to make mistakes. And sometimes and woodworking is interesting because, you know, even when you make a mistake, you go like, oh, I've just wasted a piece of wood. But people who don't want to waste a piece of wood, you go like, okay, maybe I can just figure it out a different way. You know, you you, you try to say, okay, I'll take another piece of wood. We'll just make this one a little bit longer, make that one a little bit shorter. And then we'll still put it together. We'll Mm -hmm. figure it out.
1: Nice. So this is something interesting. Yeah, We've all learned here today, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Right? Okay, so on that note, we will end this whole very fun session here today. And also, this has been very interesting for people out there who have got no clue about woodworking. So thank you so much, Melissa, for enlightening us. And at the same time, we really, really hope you continue the journey of giving back and also all the very best for Jigs and Saw. So thank you.
0: Thanks for having me,
1: Jalissa.